Welcome to CGF Minis. Week four is behind us. Heading into week five here. My name is Jacob Park. And I'm with my <laughs> esteemed co-host, the two-time champ, Wyatt Keener. It's no fair that you always give the introduction because <laughs> then you can really hype me up. And uh, you, of course, downplay your own role in this. Uh, with CGF Jersey Commissioner and Popular Ballers General Manager and his Popular Ballers team gear, gearing up for a big week five matchup, Jake Park. Uh, happy to be with you all for another week of games to recap and another week of games to preview. This is when the rubber meets the road. All 10 teams within two games of each other. Bye weeks starting in the NFL. Some tough lineup decisions going to be made in the weeks ahead. 10 weeks of CGF football regular season left. Why don't you join uh, the rest of us as a team with a loss this week? How does it feel to finally lose one? Is it a monkey uh, off your back, but the pressure's off now that you've lost one, you can get focus on winning, or is it? Uh, are you bummed, or are you going after the record? Um, it's a monkey off the back, for sure. I, I'm hoping that it literally gets some of the my league mates off my back. I don't <laughs> like playing the role of the villain, but uh, it's one that's been cast on me, and uh, hopefully can act like a act like one of the, the rest of the league now. No, don't have the target on my back. We can all be shooting for the bruise. All right. Well, we were uh, three of five drops of dew this past week. That brings the total to 11 of 20 on the year. I won't uh, probably go into them in, in too much detail as they're starting to become less and less interesting to me. I'm sure they are to you. You stayed perfect with on. the Knights, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So the perfect dew teams, both Gotham and the Brewers are still perfect. And uh, I kept my two perfectly wrong teams too with ballers and, and touchdowns and Abby. So uh, I'll keep track on that at least. And we'll, we'll see what, what comes uh, with the rest of the year. Uh, so Gotta be proud jump. of yourself. Sorry. <laughs> above 500. You're doing great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That that's one thing above 500 that I got going for me. <laughs> All right. First matchup last week was my matchup. The popular ballers visiting the Marley magic. This one hurt, Wyatt. This mm. one hurt. This was mismanagement. This wasn't just my players not performing. I cannot pick my tight ends right. I cannot pick my Chicago running backs right. It's whatever I pick each week, it's the other one goes off. So this was tough to know that my max possible points for were enough if I had played right. I mean, I, I would have been close to perfect, but we definitely could have had a better game. Wasted a rare 30-point performance for popular ballers. We don't get those often, and I had it on the bench. Oh, man. Uh, don't beat yourself up too much, Jake. I know th these weeks are the hardest when uh, you see the max points for and what could have been. But, uh, I mean, what can you expect? Do you only have one option at quarterback with some late Sunday news? Deshaun Watson out, Derek Carr in. Um, but yet, I mean, you 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 take all 3.18 points he gives you, um, but at the same time, he had no business being out on the field. Obviously, his shoulder is not 100% healthy. And um, you have a player like Jameis Winston on your team, if you're the Saints, to step in in those types of situations. Because of his play, they were completely non-competitive. And we'll talk about the effect it had on players like Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara as we look around the CGF. But um, unlucky with the injury to Javante Williams, and it always hurts when one of your players leaves early in the game, as he did, especially a high-scoring affair 
And we saw what Julian McLaughlin was able to do against that Bears defense, and you could imagine what Williams would have done. Uh, there were bright spots, though. Terry McLaurin um, looked back like his old self. You expect something like that, uh, 22.6 points um, out of uh, him more regularly. And um, with the commander's offense still finding their footing under new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and new quarterback Sam Howe. Uh, this is going to be one of those things I talked about with the Ravens and needing to realize where their best options are in the passing game and getting the ball to Mark Andrews. I think we're going to start seeing Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin become the centerpieces of this offense more and more as the quarterback and offensive coordinator realize where their skill is. Um, I, I mean, I love the decision to start Quentin Johnston. Uh, he needs a little more time on the oven, I think. Needs a little more time in the oven, yeah. There were reports Sunday morning that Rashawn Johnson was going to get more playing time. You might imagine in a high-scoring affair where the Broncos get ahead, he does get that playing time because they have to pass the ball to keep up. It's one of those things where it's going to be game script dependent. You've just got to take a guess. Are they going to be? Are the Bears going to be playing from behind and throwing the ball? Um, are they going to be playing ahead and running the ball? In which case, Cleo Herbert would be the person. But given how poorly the Bears have been playing so far this season. The decision to go with the PPR um, player and Rashawn Johnson, I thought was good. What can you do? Sometimes this happens, but I don't think it's ever the wrong decision to start Kyle Pitts over Cole Komet. Uh, so I know that you've been losing some sleep the last few nights, but if anything, I think what this should uh, provide is some excitement for, we mentioned we're approaching these bye weeks. They start this week, week five, um, You've got the depth to um, to weather some of these buys. If Kyle Pitts is out, you've got Cole Komet. And most excitingly, Cooper Cup activated from the uh, IR to the return to practice, uh, which means he's going to be returning sometime between now and week seven. And we know what a difference maker he is. So this is a team that, while underperforming, um, while hard to project according to the new drops, uh, one and three, um, and oh, oh, and four on the new drops. This is a team that is going to round into form here sometime in the next few weeks, and uh, we 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 can count on Cooper Cup to be the one he- carrying that heavy load to bring them to a competitive Week Five matchup against the God Kings. Well, I don't know what he's going to do it in Week Five. He'll, he'll he'll be inspiring people, but if he's healthy, he'll be the one carrying you guys to a competitive Week Five battle. Yeah, I wish. I wish that was what they're saying at first. Now it's sounding less and less likely, but we'll we'll see. Tell me about the magic. Oh yeah, good, good game by the way to <laughs> uh, to uh, <laughs> Ryan and Noah. I like yeah. how uh, the London game had both our running backs early. That was fun. Those games are so sleepy too. Something about the broadcast. It's like they have the crowd noise piped down and the broadcaster sound. They like have more <laughs> boring broadcasters than usual. So that was that was fun. It was a nice way to start the day with coffee, as, as Noah pointed out in the in Discord. Yeah, I um, was not able to catch too much of the Toy Story, but I liked some of the the elements that they added. The um, the Slinky Dog that was like the chain gang. It would be fun in the background to like see his butt scoot forward when there was a few <laughs> yard gain and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, uh, not not for me necessarily, but I like the effort <laughs> and the 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 technology that that supports that seemed really cool. Um, I was impressed by just how well it was able to mimic the plays. Uh, as for the Magic, it was a very solid Magic game. Um, they finally got that breakout from A.J. Brown. The Mississippi misses 38.5. Uh, 
in a close game versus the Washington Commanders. Ayuk returned from injury and did not lose a step, going 6-for-6 six six with 148 yards because of his connection with Brock Purdy, who breaks the San Francisco 49ers record for completion percentage with at least 20% or 20 uh, attempts, going 20-21 with a rushing touchdown as well. Solid games up and down the lineup outside of Jordan Addison. We know his time's coming. K.J. Osborne is the worst receiver in the NFL by yards per route run. He's not producing at the level he can't. He needs to to keep his job. So uh, sorry to tell you that here, Jake, to, to your <laughs> face. But Jordan Addison is, is somebody that you should be continuing to trust if you're the Magic. And again, these quarterbacks who um, were very shaky at the, the start of the year, the offseason, the Baker Mayfield will even have the starting role. Matthew Stafford, what kind of health is he in? Um, both looking great so far to start the year. So another team that has to feel pretty good as we start heading into bye weeks. Good win Our, by the Magic. Yep, good win. Congrats again. Uh, <laughs> me complaining about my team number or my incompetence is not to take away from your victory because you guys set your lineup better at the end of the day. All right. Uh, game two, Game of Thrones. Pit Kings <laughs> visiting the God Kings. The God King Slayer steps up big. Four touchdowns, two rushing, two passing. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Lamar Jackson, uh, Colton's superstar quarterback. Uh, Kyron Williams has a big day uh, for Colton. This really wasn't that great of a game, actually, because the God Kings yeah. kind of imploded on the week. Everything came together for the Pit Kings. Um, no wins yet for the God Kings in the desert in their new home stadium. I think uh, counting on that to continue next week when we we head head there to play them. So, um, yeah, what you got for this one, Wyatt? I uh, yeah, you wonder what the mojo is in that in that new stadium. <laughs> Have to wonder if there's not a curse hanging over if the God Kings need to uh, perform a. Uh, ceremony to cleanse the stadium of some kind because things are not working out well 100 points on the button that was fun to look at wasn't it it was nice it made uh updating my standings graphic a lot easier so i appreciated that yeah that's true not too much math to do there uh yeah i don't i mean this one was cursed from the beginning when you saw um the rough start that desmond ritter had in that sunday morning game in london um I, I, I'll focus on the positive because, I mean, again, just pre- up and down the lineup. Um, everyone other than Evan Ingram underperformed. I thought Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen were both in smash spots. Obviously, you have Aiden O'Connell coming in for Jimmy Garoppolo, which doesn't help. But you saw O'Connell was still trying to force feed the ball to Adams. He had 13 targets. Um, but 15.5, 12.2, those are two of the higher scoring players on the God Kings. But for what you expect out of Adams and Allen, that's tough. Um so the bright spot, Dallas Goddard, or the the hope for the future, I should say. Not a bright spot this week, not a bright spot at all this season. Been wildly disappointing. Um, his highest finish on the week is tight end 13. Just not what you expect from one of the best five, uh, top five, top, from a top five tight end in the league, playing for one of the elite offenses in the NFL. Uh, I think Dallas Goddard is still somebody that you've got to lean on as the God Kings, someone that you have to expect to improve. Um, where... We haven't really had to talk about it yet because um, Jalen Hurts plays for the Brews and the Brews put up points and bunches. Um, and the Eagles are still undefeated. 
But I think this week's matchup against the Commanders was um, maybe a greater referendum or the referendum that the Eagles needed. I think losing, here's what I'm trying to get at, losing Shane Steichen this offseason to uh, now the Colts head coach um, has had a greater impact, I think, on that team than we would like to believe. Nick Sirianni is, of course, their head coach and an offensive mind. We might like to think that he would have been able to carry on some of their success from his first year as a head coach. But um, I think in seeing Goddard struggle, it's a recognition that Shane Steichen was very instrumental to how that offense worked. Um, Jalen Hurts, as I mentioned, is not reaching the same high as he was last year. And so I expect that by the end of the year, they'll find their form and um, we'll see Dallas Goddard putting up 20 points weeks more consistently. So um, keep the faith in him. You have plenty of other talented tight ends with Evan Ingram and um, the corpse of, of uh, Zach Ertz. But... Um, this team it, we know is competitive. This is a playoff quality team. So I'm really looking forward to to watching them square off against the ballers in week five. On the other side, though, the Pit Kings. Can you believe it? Here it was. We knew <laughs> this podcast, the number one Pit Kings podcast, kept the faith, our preseason playoff Pit Kings. And it's rewarded mightily, uh, not just beating the God Kings in this rivalry at the God Kings home stadium, but second on the week in scoring had to be exciting to open up the weekly report and see that blue and red crown at the top with the Brews and the Gotham Knights and a well-deserved performance, like you said, uh, Lamar Jackson, superstar, Aaron Williams, two touchdowns, just like in week one and two. This team has got a punch, some uh, p- good performances on the bench from Tyler Conklin, Conklin and Noah Gray. Uh, DeAndre Swift seems locked in as RB1, even after they w- he was splitting um, some reps in week five with Gainwell after Gainwell, or excuse me, week three with Gainwell after Gainwell got healthy. Seems like Swift has won that RB1 job. This is an exciting team that got to win when they needed to, their backs against the wall. And we are looking forward to seeing them rise from the ashes it's a gotham knights campaign but at the same time this is a team that uh, likes a barbecue pit so works for them as well i think it was a, a god king's campaign or was it wasn't it rise from the ashes oh uh i don't know sorry spend some more time jersey database i think uh okay i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> moving on game three matriarchs visit the bruise matthews um this one wasn't really close, but it wouldn't have been with anyone. The Bruce Matthews went nuts last week. Over six players with 20-plus points. Uh, this lineup is stacked, and they really are coming into, I think, their midseason form here um, as they take down the Matriarchs and take over first place, uh, at least for now. Yeah, um, they scored 219 points on the week. The only team whose max points for was higher than the um, points they scored was 219.22 so even if every team had set a perfect lineup only one team would have been able to beat the Brews this week with a 0.22 uh, point victory and that's not even that's with the Brews setting an imperfect lineup they had a max of 255.8 they missed their mark by nearly 40 points and they still put up 220 uh we've been saying wait, it. it's a wait, broken wait, record wait, which team would have would have beaten them uh, the winner faces could have a perfect <laughs> score. Why are you smiling at me like that? Um, I looked it up. I wanted to say it. The, <laughs> you should have seen his look. Um, that's not to draw attention to anyone other than the Bruce, though. Uh, up and down. 
Uh, well, I guess actually I should know. It started with a rough performance Thursday for Marion Jones. Um, inserted into the starting lineup coming off an injury. Uh, General Manager uh, Spicer expressed frustration at his eagerness to play a, a player coming off injury. We saw that the Packers were obviously trying to hide him as they were with Christian Watson as well. And in a game where they got blown out, he did not see too much run. It's only 2.4 points there. Amari Cooper playing with rookie quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson filling in for Deshaun Watson, only 2.6. James Conner, 6.6 against a stout San Francisco defense. Still 219 points. Uh, Spicer has several difficult decisions at the flex position every week. Those decisions will become easier again as we hit bye weeks. Um, but 14.6 from Terrace Marshall, 15.2 from Adam Thielen, uh, 2-2 Atwell, Jacoby Myers, and Zay Flowers all had disappointing weeks. That's perfectly fine when they are depth pieces on the bench. Quarterbacks, also deep as ever. Great weeks from Jalen Hurts and Jordan Love from a fantasy perspective. And Zach Wilson with 19.2, outdueling Patrick Mahomes. Unfortunately, the Jets are not able to get the win. But still exciting to see that from the Bruce Matthews perspective. And Geno Smith seems to have escaped an injury scare as well. Four starting quarterbacks, loads of flex options. Like you're saying, this team is only around again the midseason form. It's going to be shocking if they lose again this season. For the Matriarch, CJ Stroud, once again, the storyline every week. Um, but I think from a more exciting perspective in terms of competing this season, Derek Henry, 24.38. He looked incredible. Uh, he looked like his old self. The Bengals could not tackle him to save their lives. And we know that there are going to be better weeks for Tony Pollard, Amandra St. Brown, and especially the young superstar Marvin Mims, who in the only times he's seeing the field is making a difference for this Broncos offense. Even an old crab like Sean Payton has to give in eventually. And Marvin Mims will be lighting up the scoreboard for the Matrix. Very happy that he got a start for the Matrix. Love to see that trust in the young talent, much like the ballers put their trust in Quentin Johnson. Matrix is just a cool team. Stroud's cool. I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. He's just yeah. like an awesome player. And then they got all the like superstars of the past. I'm just imagining these older players just like mentoring them in between plays and stuff on the sidelines. So they're gonna be good again, I think, pretty quick because she has a ridiculous amount of picks coming up. I agree. They're like two firsts like every year for the next couple of years, doesn't she? Yeah, their rebuild like, is gonna happen very fast. It's been a good job managing this rebuild by Katie. Mm-hmm. Very excited for their future. All right, on to matchup number four. Last week we had the Rocky Mountain Mooses visiting Touchdown Ten Abbey. Uh, I think the Thursday night game, uh, David Montgomery versus Jamar Gibbs really set the the tone for the whole matchup. I think uh, all the touchdowns went to Montgomery that night, and that really from there Rob never really looked back. It was a a solid week for him. His QBs are looking pretty solid. Uh, Despite Anthony Richardson, if you look at his stat line, looks terrible. It's crazy that it was worth yeah. that many fantasy points. He threw for like, he was under 500 with accuracy, I'm pretty sure. 13 yeah. for 27 or something like that. 11 yeah. for 25. Yeah, that's right. Car was 13 for 27. Uh, which brings up, speaking of terrible statistical lines that result in great um, fantasy stats. I meant, meant to mention it with Alvin Kamara, but um, General Manager Hyen, so backtracking now to the Brewers, and then I'll get to this game. General Manager Hyen had suggested this offseason, has suggested now for two straight offseasons, um, <laughs> changing the PPR rule to half PPR with something like a half point per first down. And I had never agreed with it, but watching Alvin Kamara catch the ball 13 times for 33 yards 
uh, might sway me for this next offseason. I think we need to, to start having a serious conversation when a player like Alvin Kamara can put up 21.4 points, a great week. With only, He does that with only 8.4 points, though, of actual yardage and rushing. 13 of his 21 points just from catching passes that go nowhere. Uh, it doesn't, didn't affect the outcome of that game, but golly, that, that gets me riled up. As for the Abbey and the Mooses, um, a 45-point difference at the quarterback position between these two teams this week um, off the back of Anthony Richardson and Josh Allen, as you had been talking about. This game is decided by 23 points. You see just how much when you have these very elite quarterbacks, you're able to separate from um, other teams, even when they may be beating you at other positions. And Josh Allen and Anthony Richardson are the perfect quarterbacks to build your future on uh, and and put up those high-scoring weeks. As you say, though, this one felt decided on Thursday night when David Montgomery just kept punching in touchdown after touchdown, carry after carry. I thought it was, um, we talked about Aaron Jones and the regret that uh, William Spicer had in starting Jones. I think we could be telling a story where general manager Griffith is experiencing similar frustrations in hindsight. Montgomery coming off thigh injury, you might be wondering how much do they lean on him? Well, he touches the ball 34 times, gets 141 yards. Hindsight, no reason to have doubted that. Um, tough loss for the Mooses. Uh, this is a team that I expect to be in the playoff hunt. Uh, Kenny Pickett exits with an injury, but seems like he'll be all right. Pat Fryermuth, his real-life teammate and CGF teammate, also exits with an injury. His seems to be more severe, um, and so we'll see if he's able to reevaluate his play while he's on the sidelines dealing with this injury. I don't know what it has been other than Matt Canada, the Steelers offensive coordinator's complete ineptness, but Pat Fryermuth has to be more central to the Steelers offense, a very good talent. Um, but Garrett Wilson, Marquise Brown, some of these wide receivers that we know are very talented, but we had concerns about their quarterback play, both put up 15 or more points and uh, look startable. Zach Wilson's going to be throwing the ball like that. He throws the ball Garrett Wilson's way 14 times. And uh, even the worst quarterback throwing the ball your way 14 times is going to result in good fantasy weeks. This was a fun one. I uh, love both these teams and, and love to, to see them duke it out. It's a pretty close one. Yeah, and it ended right. up being pretty close. One word answer here. You don't have to explain yourself at all. I'm giving you a chance. Rocky Mountain Mooses, are they still a playoff team in your mind? Yes or no for this season? Yes. Yes. All right. You're still a believer. Still right. a believer. Still a believer. All right. Moving on to the final matchup of this week, uh, or last week, I should say. The winner faces visiting the Gotham Knights. A Monday night nail-biter. Crossfire Central. A down week for Mahomes. What's going on with Joe Burrow? These are all the things that the recipe for your first defeat, Wyatt. In uh, the start of the finally, we get to see Puka Nakua uh, make a CGF debut. I've been getting harassed in my direct messages for weeks <laughs> from rival general manager Jake Park, uh, encouraging me to free Puganuku's points to the league. I acquiesce, and he steps up with an exciting game-winning touchdown. Seemed like a big turning point in this matchup uh, late into the Sunday afternoon. The Gotham Knights handled each blow, fought back, and like you said, an exciting one that we watched Tyler Lockett cap off on Monday night. On Sunday night, it was Patrick Mahomes who slid down inside the five-yard line. Uh, his, he had kept running. Uh, he would have sealed the victory for the winner faces. 
Sliding down within the five, though, he was able to run up the clock and seal the victory for the Chiefs. As much as we want to pretend like these players are on our team and trying their best for our team, a harsh reminder that this is just pretend. Nevertheless, while there are a lot of concerns elsewhere on the roster, Justin Fields finally has a week like his hot run toward the end of last season to complement Nakua's big week. And then Christian McCaffrey, of course, with a big week as well. Outside of those three superstars, this team largely disappointed. Uh, General Manager Hawes fed some uh, propaganda to CGF Adam Schefter, um, talking about how proud of he was of his team for uh, for withstanding McCaffrey's incredible performance. But a reminder again that uh, Debo Samuel is also on this team. And so if you combine Debo and McCaffrey's scores... They scored just a few points more than they had in either week two or week three. It's really not too impressive to withstand this. I told you after uh, I played the Rocky Mountain Mooses in week one, I came away from that matchup thinking that that team was even more scary and better than I expected. I came out of my matchup with the Gotham Knights, um, realizing that this team is not championship caliber. <laughs> I think their ceiling is a semifinal uh, finish this year. That said... There are avenues for them to reach a higher peak than we saw this week, dealing with injuries to Deontay Johnson, to Jonathan Taylor, to Saquon Barkley. I think it's going to have to come down to Jonathan Taylor and if he can be the league winner that we saw him be in 2021. If he can reach those heights, which are very possible in the Shane Steichen, Anthony Richardson-led offense, um, I think that they they could prove me wrong and uh, prove you right and become the CGF4 champ. Justin Herbert, gritty performance of the broken finger in a game that was closer than it should have been. Russell Wilson carving up the Bears defense, leading the Broncos to a come-from-behind victory. And Josh Jacobs, the beneficiary of Aiden O'Connell's checkdown mania, receives 11 targets, catches eight of those, punches in a touchdown, could have even had another, finishes with 27.9. Unfortunately, this game was marred by injury. Mike Evans has to leave. Uh, I believe he had a hamstring injury. Typically, that keeps players out for a couple weeks. Um, the good news, if there is some out of that, is that the Buccaneers do have a week five bye. Uh, so that gives him a guaranteed week to rest up. Hopefully, he's back soon. T. Higgins also suffers an injury that um, probably keeps him out a couple weeks, maybe till after his bye. Breaks his ribs, managing his pain tolerance. And Luke Musgrave left his Thursday night matchup with a concussion. Daniel Jones for the Gotham Knights, uh, wisely left on the bench, but um, another catalyst for how the season plays out. We saw Brian Dable frustrated with Jones. We know Jones can still perform like he did in 2022 with 31.74 points in week two, but he's going to have to start proving it sooner than later uh, to, uh, to make up for Justin Herbert in week five. Getting a bit ahead of myself as we'll start to preview the week five matchup here in a second, but uh, something to keep our eye on for the Gotham Knights. The big three are kind of like Pokemon starters where you all beat each other. That's my proudest yeah. thing I've gotten right with the Dewdrops this year is I've picked which one of you is going to win each of your games so far. So <laughs> hopefully it, it's right on the back end too. Uh, but yeah, this balanced out things, I think, a bit. We need a balance, so that's good. Like you said, everyone's only two games back right now, so it's, it's exciting. Although I did find my old site where I used to punch in uh, our league and it would give me like the playoff odds after it ran 10,000 simulations which it even says is, as a disclosure it's not counting uh, bye weeks it's only going off uh, your your score in previous games that season so it gets more accurate as the season goes on but I think it already said that 
the Ballers have a 0.1% chance of making playoffs oh, at this point on. in the season. Oh, boy. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I think we have to win this next week. If yeah, we don't, it starts I in week back. five. I feel like it's almost over. You know what else is bad is that uh, I think uh, Katie and the Matriarchs actually passed me in the max possible points for this week. So as of right now, if we both don't make playoffs, uh, the Matriarchs could have the number one pick over the Ballers. But we'll see. Lots of time for that to change. Many things can, can go into that. Maybe one of us will make playoffs. Maybe one of us will turn our season around. So with that being said, let's move into our preview for next week. Uh, game one, we have the popular ballers visiting the God Kings. Uh, I originally picked the popular ballers in this game. The history between these teams, God Kings have won uh, all five of the previous matchups. So this would be history being made if we're able to upset them in uh, down in the desert here. Which, as we said, could happen. They haven't won there yet. Uh, maybe we'll be the first successful sacrifice uh, to the God King. It's going to be a fun one to watch. And in fact, I'm starting off with my game of the week. Popular Ballers <laughs> versus God Kings. A very pivotal one. We, You mentioned it last week, how these uh, this week four, week five, um, Pit Kings versus Magic and God Kings. Popular Ballers versus Magic and God Kings. This is a, um early turning point in the season. And right now it's projected a 50-50 matchup on Sleeper. Uh, something to keep your eye on as a neutral fan. Sunday at noon, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans coming off an exciting offensive performance versus what we typically think of as a tough Bengals defense, get a very soft Colts defense. I think if there's a week for Ryan Tannehill to to score big, it is this week. Uh, Miles Sanders should be fully healthy. He did not perform up to snuff because uh, the Panthers were managing his snap count um, last week. Uh, So... Hopefully, Jimmy Garoppolo is back from a concussion. And on Monday night, popular Ballers fans are biting their nails as they've got to see if Devontae Adams can put up 30 points or not. It's not something you want oh, to... Oh, boy. Uh, They're Monday night again. Not something you want to bet against is watching Devontae Adams pile up points in a revenge game, no less, against the Packers. It's going to be tough to be a popular Ballers fan. But rest assured, they will be building up big points because... Sunday night, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense has not been pressed a single time yet this offense, I guess, this season. I guess I, the Cardinals they were. But that, that game's a throwaway. Who knows what happened when they lost to the Cardinals. The San Francisco 49ers will be the first team that pushes the Cowboys, really forces them to um, to to test themselves, to try to score points as much as they can. The, previously, their defense has scored points for them. The offense has just had to run the ball and keep the lead. This time they're going to be playing from behind, and I think Dak Prescott is able to match the soaring scores of Ryan Tannehill. But more than anything, Bijan Robinson, home versus Houston in the dome. Thank you very much. (laughs) Is due for his thirty-point game. We keep waiting for it. It's like Kyle Pitts. If Kyle Pitts were good, we just keep waiting for that breakout performance. (laughs) And this week it's going to happen from the man sponsored by the mini drink, CGF Mays Recovery Drink. 30 points coming Bijan's way. I'm really excited for this one, and this will be the one I have my eye on all weekend long, game of the week. Half my team is going to play on Thursday night, too. It's Washington versus Chicago. It's all the people who let me down. I'm going to have to try and make these decisions again and probably play too many <laughs> of them just to have an exciting Thursday evening. All right, moving on to game two, we have the Marley Magic visiting the Pit Kings. Uh, I picked the Pit Kings originally 
with my dew drop. The all-time series record is 2-2 two to two between these teams, so it's pretty even split here. Um, this is my game of the week. I put, I hate to, uh, I feel like I picked the, picked the Pit Kings every single week right now, and it's no secret I'm a Pit King fan. But this one is huge for me because uh, Colton started moving up, you know, last week he jumped three uh, positions in the standings from 10th to 7th already. So this is, his, you know, his ticket to get in there, uh, especially if somehow I can fall off a miracle and beat the God Kings. I think that would put him in sixth place most likely if I beat the God Kings. They're going to be behind the Pit Kings in points. So we'll see. But I think this is uh, a huge one. For, for Colton and the boys, so it's my game of the week. I uh, I debated all week long which would I choose, <laughs> this one or, or the popular ballers versus the God Kings. Like you, I'm always choosing the Pit Kings or I'm always choosing the God Kings. I love watching these teams play. and They're always uh, in competitive ones. The Pit Kings currently projected to only lose by six points. Obviously, we know the projections are never exactly right. The Pit Kings proved projection, projections wrong last week. I don't see any reason they can't do it again. Sam Howell against the Chicago Bears defense. If there was ever a time for him to continue to build on that week four success, this is it. I think he can prove that week three was the outlier when the commander's offense struggled and he took a lot of sacks. Thankfully for us, sacks don't count against our point total. Sam Howell will be putting up 30 points against the Bears. We saw what Russell Wilson did. It's exciting there. TJ Hawkinson had a disappointing week. He was about the only... Uh, picking who disappointed you don't expect many 5.4 week 5.4 point weeks from him Najee Harris I think unfortunately has to be a player that you start questioning if he should be started or not through the bye weeks though he's somebody that you can count on to uh, to, to put up some points and carry you along but uh, unfortunately very rough year for Najee the magic side uh, not too affected by buys yet Tua and the uh, Miami Dolphins offense is surely going to be looking for uh, the heights that they reached in week three against the Broncos after a, um, a beatdown from the Bills. And the New York Giants defense is a good defense to do that against. I like him and Travis Etienne. Now that he's adjusted to the uh, the London weather, the, the London time schedule, I think he wants more. He's always my pick. I love Travis Etienne. I think he's once more due for a 20-point week against a Buffalo defense that has been pretty soft against the run. We saw what Devon Achan was able to do against them last week. And against the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night, Christian Watson, as much as it pains me to say, I think is able to carry the magic over the finish line against the Pit Kings. But who knows? He's a boom-bust player. He very well might bust, and it might be the Pit Kings who revel in a 2-3 and three record. Yeah, and this is a big game for the Magic, too, I think. They've got um, the big three coming up in their next four weeks. They play all of them, uh, all the big three teams. And they're up there right now with them in the standings. So I think this is kind of a statement game to see if they, you know, are they going to go into those tough games three and two or four and one? Because there's a there's a big difference. Um, yeah. Just gotta they're not going to win all of those. So. Um, and a team that's proven people, myself definitely included, wrong so far this season. Uh, curious to see if they're for real or not. We're going to find out. All right, week three. I'm sorry, not week three, matchup three. We have the Matriarchs visiting the Gotham Knights. Uh, the original Dewdrop picked Gotham in this one. Uh, we got a battle of the original champions. The old time series record is three to two Matriarchs, with two of those being playoff wins. Um, gotta think it's going to be Gotham this time around, just based on where each franchise is at at the moment. But I, I could be wrong. You never count the Matriarchs all the way out. 
Exactly right. Never count them all the way out, but I am with you. This one, uh, much like last week's matchup against the Brews, seems like it's going to be too tall of a hill to climb. We mentioned the the uh, Titans offense having a field day against the Colts. If they're able to do that, though, Katie is going to be one of the main beneficiaries starting both King Henry and DeAndre Hopkins. So you never know. Uh, the Giants are going to be forced to keep up with the Dolphins by throwing the ball. We've got a crossfire matchup. Daniel Jones throwing to Darren Waller, the tight end premium in particular. He's peppered with targets. He could rack up a lot of points, as we saw him do in week two as well. Young gun Calvin Austin, who has been stepping in with Deontay Johnson out and Allen Robinson's uh, bad knees. I don't know what to say about Allen Robinson anymore. That guy is rough, needs to retire. Um, but uh, we see that that the Matriarchs and the Steelers are putting their trust in Calvin Austin over Allen Robinson as uh, Robinson sits on the bench for the Matriarchs. I'm hoping that this youth movement continues to pay off for him and uh, that she's able to put up a nice score to test the Gotham Knights, who uh, will have Jonathan Taylor back almost certainly. Seems likely, at least I should say, as as we sit here on Tuesday. And Travis Kelsey against a Minnesota Vikings defense might very well put up 45 points. Uh, and that's being conservative. Uh, he will take this matchup steadily out of reach over the course of Sunday afternoon to the point when we put our heads on the pillow on Sunday night. We know we see that ninety nine percent Gotham Knights. Uh, Saquon Barkley, I'm a bit, I'm a bit unsure. It'll be interesting. He, uh, for some reason, the Giants won't. They don't want to say he has a high ankle injury, but he does. Saquon said it himself. Those typically keep running backs out for for three or four weeks. Uh, this would be the third week, so he might be back. They might not trust him. We saw that Austin Eckler with the high ankle injury missed three weeks, and now he gets a bye. So really, he gets four weeks off. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Barkley misses this game. But the Gotham Knights, while dealing with injury, um, have the talent of a player like Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, Logan Thomas to step in and put up a quality score. We said the Cowboys will need to be throwing the ball, and those two wide receivers both present good options. All right. Moving on to matchup number four, we have Touchdowns and Abbey visiting the Winter Faces. Uh, originally picked Winter Faces with my dude drop. And the all-time series record is three to one in favor of the winner faces. Um, this is my runner-up for game of the week. Uh, Touchdown to Abbey is another team that I'm going to go ahead and walk back and say I was wrong on. I think they're a real contender posing as a middle team right now. Uh, their points for have been incredible. Their quarterback play, Anthony Richardson, is is like the perfect second quarterback to slot up with Josh Allen. So it's going to be a powerful duo going forward, I think. On top of that, they're getting big plays from David Montgomery and, and other people that I think some of us had doubted going into the season. And I think Rob's just making the right moves right now. He's focused on the season. He's got his uh, head in the right space this time around. I think that's right. And uh, to mention how this team might be a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, again, we'll remind our listeners that both of their losses were narrow defeats. Uh, it would not be that far-fetched to imagine them 3-1 and one or 4-0. and oh. Um, currently, this one is projected to be more lopsided than it will be because Rashad White is still in the starting lineup. And Sleeper's projections are bad. Um, David Montgomery is playing the Carolina Panthers defense, which is the worst rush defense in the league. He is going to put up loads and loads of yards, plenty of touchdowns against them. He's the, the catalyst piece for Abbey fans, someone to keep your eye on Sunday at 
afternoon. We know the big weeks that are going to be had up and down the rest of the lineup, but the flex spots will also be something to keep your eye on. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, Curtis Samuel, Tank Dell. We saw touchdowns from Samuel and Westbrook, Akine this past week, made up for a disappointing week from Dell, given the, the standard he set in weeks weeks two and three. I expect it'll be Dell who's able to carry the load for those three flex spots this week. I expect him to rebound against the Falcons. The only downside would be that the Falcons milk so much of the clock by running the ball and running the ball and running the ball and running the ball that the Texans may not have enough time and enough plays to let Dell really flourish. The running back position will be something to keep your eye on. Uh, they don't have a clear number two if if uh, Saquon is back. If Saquon's out, Matt Breida steps into a starting role and should have an exciting opportunity against a Dolphins defense. On the other side, the winner faces coming off their first loss of the season will look for uh, Patrick Mahomes to rebound against the Vikings defense. It'll be interesting to see who they put their trust in in the flex position. The the flex positions, those will be tested this week um, with T. Higgins and Luke Musgrave most likely out with injury. And with disappointing weeks from Raheem Mostert, who seems to be um, currently being overtaken by Devon at HN, uh, we saw a really exciting week from Isaiah Pacheco. And I expect he will be in the starting lineup. Uh, who's in there alongside him, though? It remains to be seen. This one, like you said, huge implications for the rest of the season. Uh, TDA can definitely enter that race for one of the top two seeds with a win here. I uh, will definitely have my eyes glued to this one. Don't want to call it my game of the week. Don't want to be accused of any bias, but <laughs> this one uh, should be a lot of fun. All right, that brings us to our final matchup for week five. We have the Bruce Matthews visiting the Rocky Mountain Mooses. The original Dewdrop picked the Bruce in this one. The old-time series score is just 1-0 in favor of the Brews. Uh, Mooses, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think this is a playoff team. Um, and that's mostly because they're getting screwed by the schedule. They play the big three twice, or uh, all three of you. So in, unless they upset the Brews this week, they're going to be 1-4, and four, and they got to play this whole set again. Um, their only wins against the Ballers, which means absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> their quarterback, they don't. They only have two. First off, starters, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. I think it seems terrible. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is I mean, he's having a bad year, really. He I is, think he's yeah. good, but he's he's has not done much yet. So I don't think they have the uh the arms to uh, to go the distance here. Yeah, we that was the thing that held them back against the the touchdown to Nabby last week. I said that they lost the matchup by twenty three, but they lost the quarterback matchup by forty five. If Kenny Pickett's out, which I'd say at this point of the week is likely, um I don't know what they do to fill in the uh, the starting spot there. If they don't have Mitch Trubisky. Um, I don't think Zach's the type to, to pay for a quarterback for a season. He doesn't think he's really going to be a, you know, a Dietrich yeah. contender. So I, I think he's going to let it, <laughs> he's going to roll with just one. I bet. I, th I think you're right. But if there is something that provides the spark that can overcome punting on one of your starting positions, one of your most valuable starting positions, it's Jamison Williams, the Lions a young star receiver, a first-round pick in the CGF draft last year and the real draft uh, last year as well. Jamison Williams, the, the Lions need a second receiving option, a second wide receiver option behind Amonra St. Brown, and a nice contrast in plays. Amonra plays underneath, wins all the uh, possession routes. Jamison Williams flies down the sideline with his track speed and uh, just one or two catches. 
have him putting up big points, much like we see Christian Watson do for the Marley Magic week in and week out when healthy. Don't know that he's necessarily going to be inserted into the starting lineup. Again, this score as we sit here on, on Tuesday night is projected to be more lopsided than it will be because DK Metcalf is and Pat Fryermuth are still in the starting lineups. and Those positions will be filled in. Uh, it's not all fireworks, though. Wandale Robinson, who is much more of a PPR merchant, a guy who's going to live for those four or five yard gains, but rack up the receptions, uh, will probably sneak his way into the starting lineup for the Mooses. And uh, if he has an Alvin Kamara type week, you could see um, some interesting uh, uh, final scores here for the Mooses. Maybe they're able to, to stretch the Bruce Matthews into the 250s like we have yet to see before in the CGF. Who knows? Uh, I don't think the Bruce will have to go that high, though. Like you, I do think this one uh, favors them pretty nicely. We've talked about them plenty already. Uh, I mean, when you're benching Nico Collins, uh, again, maybe Nico Collins makes the starting lineup, but uh, when you're benching him after he put up 35.8 points last week, after he put up 27.6 points in week two, I mean, what can you do? There's buys. You know, teams are stretching. Teams are having to make tough decisions about who just, uh, you know, not tough decisions. They, they, they got to start like bottom of the barrel guys because their starters are out. And here are the Brews keeping a 30-point wide receiver on the bench. What can you do? This is going to be tough for the Mooses to make up. Who knows? Maybe they only have seven losses. Maybe their only losses are to the Brews here, the big three, uh, one more time, and they win the rest of the way out. Seven and seven has previously been enough to put you in playoff contention. Still are up for them to make the playoffs. But you do have me questioning my own prognosis. <laughs> yeah, I could uh, – maybe we'll have to review in, in a future episode. Have like a mid-season shift and give ourselves yeah. one chance to, uh, to shift <laughs> things around. So – uh, but yeah, I think that probably about wraps up this week. We're doing a little better on time, so we should probably quit no, while we're, we're ahead. Not. <laughs> we're not. No. Oh, we were... it's my fault. Jake said. Jake said he had some good general conversation points at the end. If I could keep my mouth you shut, behave yourself. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's too much fun. It's too much fun to talk about what happens on the CGF fields every week. Yep, it is, especially with this nice, uh, nice close. Uh, rat race we got going on right now right. Uh, to, to see who's going to make it so uh, can you tease us with at least one talking point or would that take too long uh well i could tell you I, I don't no longer think this is the miracle season everybody thought it might be for the ballers but i think that goes with, without saying uh, oh, i'll predict right on. now i don't think we're a playoff team cooper cup we, coming back we would pick the four the four out right now you want to you want to pick the four out yep i won't explain it much and we can talk about it on another episode four out okay. are uh, ballers, mooses, matriarchs, god king. My That's four my out as we sit here, matriarchs. Uh, can I project the mooses out after just projecting <laughs> them to make the playoffs a mere 20 minutes ago? Can I do that? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay, I, I walked back what I said earlier. Hope matriarchs, quit mid episode. Matriarchs, Mooses, God Kings. Wow, this is getting tough. I'm still going to do it because this will inspire them to see Jeff Glory. I'll say the magic. I'll say Matriarchs, Mooses. Hey, wait, no. Sorry. Matriarchs, Mooses, God Kings, and Magic. So that, that essentially just has TDA replacing the Mooses in my original projection. I think. Did I have 15 through 20? I did, barely. 
Yeah, we both had pick kings as six. So I'm swapping TDA and Magic in for God Kings and Ballers. There you go. Both of us All have right. TDA on the rise as we sit here after four weeks. Good news <laughs> yep. for TDA fans. All right, White. Great chatting with you. Uh, hope you enjoy the games this week. You're going to be home watching them this week, or you got something going on? I will be home watching, I believe. Uh, we'll see. I think the weekend weather's supposed to be rainy, right? Because the only thing I might do is get outside in the sunshine, uh, go to the the water. But I think I think we're supposed to get some rain here in, in Middle Tennessee over the weekend. Yeah, cloudy with a high of 64. I do not think I'll be on the water. Yeah, we only have like a high of 62. I'm excited for like a cold all weekend watch football i might watch it on my i have a screen in the porch at oh. my house so I've, I've been dreaming of putting there's an outlet plug i don't know if it works i haven't tried it yet but taking the tv <laughs> out there and just staying out there all day sounds amazing so maybe this is the weekend all right I everybody so. <laughs> thank you for listening as always and we will we'll see you next week